Hi friends, Happy New Year and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. We are starting off 2017 with a reminder of the faithfulness of God and the promises that he has in store for us. Bringing this word is our good friend, Matthew Rivers. Here he is and thank you for listening. Good morning, good morning. Well, come on now, it's a new year. Good morning. Let's give God some glory that we have made it through 2016. Amen. There are many of those who uh, have gone on and cannot say, thank you, Father. But we were the ones that still have a voice. I want to be able to tell God, thank you for bringing me through what he's bringing me through. Amen. So let's just give God a a hand clap of praise right now. I was brought here this morning by the warden, Henrietta Rivers, my wife, and Lieutenant Colonel Wendy Rivers, my sister. So uh, they finally let me out to do something. And I thank God for them. She has been, my wife has been taking care of me and and all that we've been going through. But this morning, I want to really talk to you this morning about uh, your pastor and I had uh, talked about doing a series together. And on Christmas Day, he talked about this hope. I think some of you were here or maybe all of you. And uh, so we're gonna, I'm going to take this part to uh, honor what we talked about, and I'm going to uh, finish it up and kind of close it down for you a little bit, okay, if that's all right. And, and so in 2017, uh, we, we want to talk about a hope that glorifies God, not, not one that we hope something might happen, but we're going to talk about a hope that gives God glory through our trials and tribulation, amen? We're talking about a hope that relies in a God that is now not standing up, or hanging on a cross, one that is sitting down at the right hand of the Father. Amen? We're talking about a a living Christ who does not disappoint. Amen? And we're going to talk about that example in in the word of God that was read this morning. And one thing that I do know, and I think you believe the same thing as I believe, is that when God speaks something, you can guarantee that it's going to happen. Amen? That's the one thing. When God said, let there be light, it didn't flicker. He, he, didn't, he didn't say, well, let there be light. Well, come on, light. I'll hurry up now. I got it. Yeah. When he said it, it became what he said. Amen? Amen? When he said, let the earth. Oh, God. Hallelujah. The forming of the earth. The Bible said that the Holy Spirit hovered among. So he was speaking through the Spirit in faith, knowing that when he says something, it is guaranteed to happen. Let the skies come forth. He, he talked about all of these things in Genesis. And we know for sure that it came to be. Now, in this passage, I want to really kind of focus on uh, verse 18 is where I want to be at because this, is, this message of hope is not just for me. At the end of the verse, it says it's for what? Not only Abraham, but for what? Us as well. Amen? I want to remind you in 2017 about this hope that is for us, not just for the past time, not just for when things are just going right, but this same hope is the same hope that anchors when we're going through. Amen? We have to do something. We have to do something in the middle of trials. I want to read you something because this is, Paul is doing something real tricky here. He says, in hope, he believed against hope, and we're going to come back to that, that he should. Now, the word should is another one of those verbs that it says shall or will. This is what we call the express will of God. The express will of God. In other words, it means what God is saying is you shall become that which I told you you were going to be. Your marriage shall become it. Your children shall become it. You shall become it. It is the express will of God. 
But here's the problem where we get into trouble. We don't realize that as we're going through in this hope, it means that we are what? Being changed. There's some growth that has to happen. They're being made new. There's some breaking of things that we uh, have been used to doing all the time. There's a thing that we have to wait till it comes to pass. It is in those moments we look at our husband sometime and say, oh, yeah, he can never change. Or we look at our children and we think, oh, my God, this kid is driving me crazy. But it is in the middle. Abraham didn't just become the father of faith because he just believed God. I believe God, you believe God, but when trouble comes to our doorstep, something starts to shake our foundation. And then we begin to have this thought process in ourselves that, well, maybe I'll fix this myself. Now, hope now is what he's saying is that in hope, he believed against hope. So now we got two things being pitted against the word of God, our own mortality that we're trying to preserve and the hope that know that we cannot do it. Only God can. Well, I see y'all a little quiet this morning. Okay, I see. Okay, I got to wake y'all up. So here's Abraham being told, listen, he's still Abram now at this point in time. Listen, Abram, you're going to have this son. And, 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 and there's a lot of things God knows in each one of us that there are some things that has to change. And 10 years later, he comes back and asks him, hey, man, you got any children yet? No, no, God, I don't have any children. I still, listen, that promise you made for me, that's one of them things. I, I don't really believe that that's going to happen. How many of us, how many of us have you noticed that God has made you a promise and it has not come to pass yet? How many promises that people made for you and, and has not been answered yet? How many of us are single wanting a husband and the thing just didn't come to pass yet? How many of us are, 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 are married and, and the marriage is on the rocks and no matter what you said, no matter what you said, whether it's the wife or the husband, how many of us have given up? How many of us are dealing with someone that has depression? I said, man, this, this, this person is never going to come out of this thing. I don't know why. How many of us are dealing with someone in our family or maybe some immediate that dealing with drug addiction? Whether it be a child or a friend. How many? Low self-esteem, pride, financial issues. And you have prayed and prayed and prayed. And it just seems like God has not answered you. Time is moving. We're in now 2007. I'm still in the same place, God. I'm still dealing with the same issues, Father. I still have the same problem I had in 2016 that now I've got in 2017. The Bible tells me that the love of God will never, ever leave me. I don't care what it is. But how many of us has let our hope begin to flicker Because we see, we are looking at the condition through our normal eyes. How many of us? I know that when I got sick, I was always healthy, no problems. And all of a sudden, four major things just came across me. Now, as a preacher, now, you ought to expect me to say, well, this guy right here believes in Jesus. He, he shouldn't have no problem. No, no, I fell in the same category as everybody else. 
against hope I believe, now my own mentality starts to come into play. Now, Lord, now, wait, wait a minute here. I, I got something in my chest. I got brain clot. I, I've got all these different things. I'm now fighting against the hope that I know is real and the hope that I want to fix it myself. And I'm asking the doctors to give me an answer only God can give me. I'm turning to my wife. Babe, why is this happening to me? We're talking about hope now. The kind that glorifies. Because all through the Bible, we see this thing about having hope in tribulation. That's the kind of hope that glorifies God. And that's the kind of hope that intertwines with the gift of faith. And that's the kind of hope that when we come to the true mindset that when God said you should live, we believe it totally. It was only when Abraham said, listen, I just don't care nothing about whether Sarah's womb is dead. My body is dead. I'm going to believe the word of God. Somebody give God praise right there. What, what, what are we talking? We're talking about a mind change. We're talking about having your mindset change where you just believe God regardless of the circumstances. Is that tough? Yes, I'm taking all kinds of medicine. I, I, I got about nine pills I got to take. I'm saying to myself, God, I've never taken this many, this much medicine, all kinds of things that happen. Then the doctor said, well, Matthew, you know, you're a walking time bomb. If I bump a leg or bruise something, I could bleed out. Never had to deal with these circumstances. Some things you are dealing with, you've never had to deal with. But I'm here to tell you right now, there is a God that is looking down on your situation. And he is saying, I need you to just trust me because I will bring you through and I'll get my glory out of your tribulation. And why does God need that from us? Because we have to be the light of God. That when the world is going through their troubles, we can stand up and say, listen, I may not know exactly what you're going through, but God brought me through. And they should be able to look at our lives and say, why do you have a hope in a God that allow you to go through something? Because I believe it. Because if God said it, I believe it. 25 years later, still no child. Abraham was the same as you and I. He had to go through some things. But ladies and gentlemen, I, I promise you this. If you let your hope and you let the gift of faith begin to connect together, I, I, I promise you that, 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 that God will see you through the most difficult circumstances. And the thing about this, listen, if your mom, your dad, or whoever doesn't make it through on this side, listen, there's a guarantee that when you've committed your life, that eternity is waiting on you. Amen? See, when we begin to let this thing flicker, we have all kinds of things happening. We let things like doubt come in. And doubt has a lot of different friends he'd like to bring to play. Am I right? When you start getting into doubt, he doesn't, he doesn't come by himself. Doubt brings all kinds of friends with him. And, and when, when that happens, we begin to understand that, that all kinds of things in our mental state begin to the, the, the surface on us. We begin to realize that there are more than just doubt just playing uh, in our minds. There's uncertainty that's playing in our minds. 
we begin to get uncertain about the things that we're going through. We begin to get skepticism begin to come. We begin to get insecurity. Insecurity begins to creep up in our minds. We, we begin to have questions. Well, God, now, if Susie over there can make it through, then why do I make it through? We begin to give apprehension. We begin to have all of these different things because doubt doesn't just come by himself. He wants to overwhelm you and get your hope and your eyes off of the prize of Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you, I need you to get pregnant. Now, women can get, get, get with me on this one. Because when you're carrying a baby, there's all kinds of things that happen. Am I right? Now, I don't know. But, you know, you're feeling joy. You feel say all these things. And you have to go through them. But I need you to get pregnant because why? In your certainty, in Romans 8, 38 through 9, I need you to become certain that God, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any. That's a whole lot of stuff God is saying. If you just get certain in me, there's nothing that will separate me from you. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Children, I need you to be the same way. You just can't look at mom and dad and say, well, mom and dad is not. No, I need you to be certain that when you're in the middle of a crisis, I need you to be certain that there is a Jesus that will take care of you. He's not perspective of your age. He doesn't say, well, you're not but 12 years old. I can't really help you right now. I love it. Doug's children prays for me. I texted him, he said, hey, listen, my kids are, are praying for you right now. Well, what does that really mean? It means that he is setting the example that when his children find themselves in the later year in some midst of something, they know who to go to and who to pray to. Amen? Are you hearing this thing here? Our kids need to be able to see us praying to God in circumstances, not just when it's good, but when we're in the most difficult things, they need to be able to see mom and dad down on their knees giving God glory. I don't even know where I'm going to get the money from, but I trust God and I hope in the Christ Jesus who is connected to the father, he'll bring us through. Amen. Out of your insecurity, I need you to get very secure in Christ Jesus. Why? Hebrews 13 and 8 says this. Jesus Christ is what? The same yesterday, the same today, and the same forevermore. He won't change, I promise you. He won't let his promises go bad. Not like a batch of strawberries or something that sits on the side and gets moldy. The promise of God are sure and yes. So you can lie in your hope and know that you are secured, that God will answer you and he will bring you out. Out of, your, out of your mistrust, I need you to trust God. Why? Because as Bob, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not do what? Lean on your own what? Mortality understanding. Don't do it. Because no matter how you try to figure it out, it won't get you to the point where you can be sustaining to, throughout your life. Only God's word is everlasting. And if God's word is everlasting and God is in you, that means that you are what? You are going to live in the everlasting word of God. Matthew tell you something, it's only going to last you for a short period of time. But the word of God says, listen, the thing will last you in eternity. I need you to understand. Now, it it should be getting easy for you. And a lot of you might say, well, it hasn't. It's been five years. It's been 10 years. It's been nine years. My husband still hasn't turned around. But listen to me. The easy part is taking your eyes 
off of the other person and put it on God where that the steadfast love and the love never ceases. His mercies are new every day. If you keep your eyes on your children who may be running you crazy or on your husband or on your wife, then you are missing the true picture of life being easy. I'm not telling you to discard the reality of what's happening. What I'm saying to you is that we need to refocus our eyes and our hope on Jesus Christ that he will do that what you have asked him to do. Amen? If you are praying fervently for your husband who may be out of order or your wife, then what you're doing is saying, God, this is not about me because you made us one. You said it in your word. This is you telling God back his word. God, you made us this. Something's happening, Father. And it's up to you to make sure that we are living in this harmony together because you gave me this bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You gave it to me. Now, the Bible tells me that judgment is trumped by mercy. And sometimes we just got to learn to give a little mercy to those that we are with, that, that this didn't, it ain't acting right. Amen? We got to let the mercy of God deal with them in their midst of the things that's going through. Because God does it to you. He does it for me. And this is why I'm asking you out of this major thing right here, this, this major one, fear. This is what grips us sometimes. Most importantly, it gripped me. The doctor said, oh, okay, well, yeah, son, you got a brain tumor. I, I finally realized, asking my wife five times, what happened? I fell out just like that. Didn't even know a seizure was coming over me. And when I begin to think about what happened, I begin to think, well, what am I going to do to take care of my wife? I start trying to put all kinds of things in place. But I was in fear trying to do something that only God can do. I, didn't, I had to have a tube put down my, my throat to breathe, all kinds of things. But I will tell you this, folks, that the same God that I said that I love took care of me when I was on that table. Same God that I say I love took care of me when I was having four seizures in the ambulance. Oh, come on now. Same God when I was in that room and, and they were having to eject me with all kinds of medicine to bring me back to my right. Oh, the same God. He took care of me. Oh, almighty God. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to prime you all up or something, but I'm trying to tell you. What I didn't listen. When you, get, when you get that tube down your throat, two things could happen. You could have some kind of mental breakdown that you never recover from, or you can have the breathing. You have to have air in your nose for the rest of your life. The same God said, no, that's not the express will of, that I have for you, Matthew. What I have for you is to go and preach and teach the word of God. So even while you're on the table, I'm taking care of you right now. Oh, God. I'm trying to tell you right now. Boy, oh, I tell you, I see that clock right there too. And I'm just getting bribed up because y'all just getting bribed up. I'm, I'm here to tell you something. I, I want to make sure you understand me. This hope that I'm asking you to do. The Bible said he gives every man, that means women too, a measure of faith. Now, whatever that is, it's okay. Whether you've got a mustard seed faith, a new faith, don't make a difference. But what I'm asking you to do is, I want you to take a new hope into 2017 and I want you to place that hope against the thing that's buffering up against you. And I want you to tell that thing that's buffering against you 
I just don't care what is going to happen. I believe that God will bring me out. Why? Because, oh, God, the lady with the issue of blood starts to make me want to run right now. Because, see, after 12 long years, she tried every doctor. She tried every which way to get that thing fixed. And when she got to the point when she realized, like most of us, and me too, that nothing we can do on this side of the world will work, we finally come to a hope that we understand that if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Oh, God. Hallelujah. She didn't go and tell somebody else. She said, if I, in other words, she came to the full realization that if I trust enough in this Jesus, then when I touch his his garment, I will be healed. What I'm asking you to do is say, if I believe the word of God fully, listen, my circumstance got to bow down. We're talking about a mind change in your hope in 2017. Now, this is going to be difficult because a lot of us are so used to doing things and fixing things when we we out of, we, when we want to fix them. Because why? Some of us got a lot of money. We could just call somebody or pay somebody for something. Some of us don't. But I want to tell you right now, long time ago, I met a man and uh, his friend was in the hospital and, and they had to put this rod down his friend's back. And he was very rich, very successful. And he said to him, he said, you know, I've treated people all kinds of ways and I have not been good but I would give anything to get up out of this bed. I want to tell you, your money won't get you into heaven. Your kindness and your good works, it won't get you there. It just won't. You can't come up to the cash register, okay, Jesus, how much do I need? Matter of fact, I'm going to pay for everybody else in the line since I'm a billionaire. It is only when you submit to Christ Jesus Give your life over to him and say, now, Lord, use me as as you see fit. And it's when you're in the middle of of trials, you begin to glorify God. Father, thank you for choosing me. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, I had to come to that point where I had to believe that, God, you're doing something. And I'm still being challenged every day that, why, God, am I going through? I stopped asking the question and say, God, now use me, Father. That I may be a what? A witness to the world that don't believe who you are, that they may then see. Oh, wait a minute. Here's that guy right there that had the, had the brain tumor. He had the stuff in his chest. He could have died on the table. I want to be a witness for God. Paul said, listen, this is the same God that what? Take death and that which is dead and raise it to life. If your marriage is dead, God will raise it up. Your children out of whack, God will straighten them out. Your finances is not there. God is able to do it. The Bible said that what? The earth and and all of its substance is God. So when you take that same hope that is dwindling and you attach it to a faith that says, I believe God. And folks, I'm not telling you you're going to have that same thing all through your trials. That's why you got people around you that believe God who can speak into your life. And when you're feeling down, you can pick up the phone and call them and say, you know, I, I, I'm just at a point where I'm feeling a little down right now. 
And those are the people who will tell you that, don't worry about it, God will see you through. Those are the people that will tell you what the word of God said. Those are the people that will say to you, and you and mom and dad can say to your children, oh, I know you're not feeling well, but let's pray. Let's ask God to revive you from where you are. Those of you are the parents who will talk to your college kids and say, I just want to pray for you today that God will do something supernatural for you. You are the ones that you're five and two years old, like Doug kids that will say, no, I want to pray for Matthew. Why? Because we're continuously seeking God's approval for not for themselves, but for somebody else. Same God. So in 2017, I'm going to ask you to do one favor for me. Not for me, I'm sorry. I'm going to ask you to do a favor for God. I'm going to ask you to hold fast to your faith. I'm going to ask you to do something that they say in Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. And without wavering, because this is what Abraham said. When I got to the point where I said, I just believe you, God. No longer did I waver in my faith. I just believe you, Father. So would you do me a favor? And you commit to God that you're going to hold fast to your hope in 2017. No matter what the conditions are. And that you're going to stand in the middle of your storm knowing that God has you covered. And knowing that he'll bring you through. Would you do that for God? Would you do that for him? Not for me. But would you tell him, God, I'm going to hold fast to my hope. Which is what? In Jesus Christ. And if you do that, then I promise you, God will keep you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you, God. We thank you for this hope that relies not only on us, God, not on us, but on Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you today that, God, we know that there is a Jesus that hung on the cross. He's done his time on earth, and now he sits by your right hand, guarding and waiting for us to be assured that the hope that's in him will not disappoint. So, Father, we thank you today that you have allowed us to come into 2017 with a new hope, a hope that glorifies you, a hope that, God, that we trust that all things are possible through you, Jesus Christ. And Father, we'll give you glory. We'll give you honor. We'll give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.